0: You are listening to Hypertension Resistant to Treatment, where you will get knowledge, training, resources, and support for better blood pressure control. If you are suffering with high blood pressure or blood pressure that is difficult to treat, this podcast is indeed for you. Here is your host, Dr. Tanya. Hi, I'm Dr. Tanya, and I am here to teach you everything you ought to know about hypertension management. I am a clinical scientist and I've done research over 10 years. And I've found some interesting things about hypertension and blood pressure control and medication taking behavior. I would like to share with you all of the information I've found as well as all the information that's out there that, that will help you get control of your blood pressure. Stick with me and we'll take this journey to help you improve your blood pressure. Thanks for listening. Hello, hypertension resistors. So today I will tell you everything you need to know about this new Omicron or Omnicron or whatever way you want to say it. You know what I'm saying? It's the new COVID-19 variant that is spreading all over the world. But this is the season to be jolly because as far as we know right now, it's not seriously affecting as many people as the Delta variant. That is the good news. Now, these experts will tell us all we need to know to get through the holidays and to keep ourselves and our families safe. So let's get started. Dr. John Campbell is a health educator in the UK, and he is very concerned about the coverage of the mainstream media regarding Omicron. So here he is to clarify things. Been some very confusing, to be quite honest,
1: confusing coverage in the mainstream media about what's going on in South Africa. So I wanted to clarify it, given the data that we have actually from South Africa itself. So important because where South Africa is now, the UK is following over the next two to three weeks. The United States will be following after that. And by extension, the rest of the world will be following at various paces after the South Africa example. Now, here we see the situation. Now, uh, India and Japan, thankfully, very low cases. That's good. Canada, they're going up slightly. Now, this is the Omicron surge in South Africa. But if you look at relative number of cases, it's only up to where the United States is now. Now, South Africa will be carrying on increasing. There's no question about that. But this is Delta in the United States and Omicron in South Africa. And the United Kingdom, where we've actually got a bit of both at the moment, well, we see cases dramatically increasing with a record number of new cases reported today, actually, for the 15th. New weekly hospital admissions, United States are already high, Delta driven. These are Delta based hospital admissions in the States. United Kingdom, again, these hospitalizations are virtually entirely Delta, virtually entirely. South Africa, they're virtually entirely, well, they probably are now entirely uh, Omicron. And we see in South Africa that Omicron is now 98%. So what this means is the Omicron has displaced. The Delta. It's not as well as it's instead of Delta is now finished basically in South Africa. Omicron has displaced it completely.
0: Now, you are probably wondering how this Omicron is affecting children. So far, things look pretty good. Here is Dr. Campbell to tell us what's going on.
1: The vast majority of children not getting sick, and most children that were hospitalised being incidental findings.
0: Now, we know that the symptoms of this Omicron is a bit different than the symptoms with Delta. Now, what should we look out for now for this Omicron? Now, keep in mind here in the United States, as of December 21st, 2021, the Delta is the common variant here. So are the symptoms the same? I mean, it used to be, what, fever, dry cough. Uh, Let's see what he has to say now about what symptoms we need to be looking out for.
1: It looks like the main features of Omicron infection in the UK so far are most commonly a runny nose, second, a headache, thirdly fatigue which can be mild or quite severe a varying presentation of fatigue sneezing and a sore throat they are the symptoms that have been identified so far as the most likely uh, presenting symptoms in those in that order for uh, omicron infection in the uk so in south africa a uh, blocked or runny nose uh, check that's the same headache check that's the same tiredness check that's the same uh Now, London in the UK is described as a sore throat. In South Africa, it's described as a, a scratchy or sore throat. So I think that's the same. The big difference is um in the UK data, fatigue is a much more prominent feature. Although we know there was fatigue in the uh, South Africa data, but the body aches were a prominent feature in South Africa, whereas that doesn't seem to be such a feature in the London data. Now, why is this? Could it be that? Um, body aches are more likely to break through as a symptom in people that have had previous actual um, sars coronavirus 2 infection, because we know that's where the majority of the immunity comes from in South Africa. Whereas maybe the vaccine, because we know the majority of immunity in the UK comes from vaccination, the vaccine provides more protectiveness against body aches. That, 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 could, be, that could be the case. As far as the UK is looking, and I've no reason to suspect this will be any different in the United States or Europe or anywhere else, this is, in most people, presenting as a cold. Mild and self-limiting in the vast majority of cases. NHS official symptoms, a high temperature, a new continuous cough, loss, change in your sense of smell or taste. I mean, this is just 18 months out of date. Now it can present like this, but we know from contemporary data, and we like to be up to date, that that's what we get from the ZOE symptom tracker data. That's what we've got from the clinicians on the ground in South Africa. This is what we continue to get from the NHS in the UK. So, yes, it could present as a high temperature. Yes, it could present as a new continuous cough. Yes, there could be a loss of the change of sense of taste or smell, but normally not.
0: Now, as you know, these sound like just the average cold symptoms. So what should you do? I mean, these are common cold symptoms. If you have these symptoms, how would you know the difference? If it's the new variant, Omicron, or is it a cold? And what should you do?
1: If you have any of these and uh, you've had colds in the past, you're going to think it's a cold, but it may well not be. It may be an Omicron cold. Need to get tested.
0: You might be thinking, why get tested when your symptoms are mild with omnicron?" Well, the reason is that once omnicron is identified, it can be treated early if you do have complications. So it's best to know what you're dealing with early on, because if you wait, you may miss the window of opportunity to get treated appropriately. Well, we know cases are not that high here in the United States as of December 21st, 2021. Well, cases of Omicron, we know we have Delta here. So we're dealing with both Delta and Omicron. And according to the experts, Omicron is going to replace Delta eventually, uh, quicker than we might think, too. We've been pretty lucky that Omicron has not caused many hospitalizations and deaths, but we still don't know a lot about this Omicron. However, right, so far, it looks pretty good. Here is what Dr. Campbell has to say about the spread across the world.
1: Uh, new daily confirmed COVID-19 cases. Now, Denmark is remarkably high for new cases. But of course, what we have to remember is Denmark has the best sequencing capacity in the world by far. So it's not surprising that they're picking up more cases. So Denmark, we see, are picking up a lot of new cases. Then United Kingdom, Ireland, United States. Now, is this just the start of the upward deflection that we're seeing in the United States data, indicating the start of Omicron? Uh, the answer to that question is uh, probably, from what we know, probably probably. It looks like the Omicron surge is just about to start in the United States as we speak. Canada, uh, upward trend as well. Japan, uh, thankfully, still um, bumping along at the zero mark, which is which is great news and also fascinating. Number of uh, COVID-19 patients in hospital per million. So the United States still high. Denmark, Canada, relatively lower. United Kingdom and Ireland comparable.
0: Dr. Tim Spector is a principal investigator of the PREDICT studies and the Corbett study app. And he's a researcher and an author, and he is concerned about getting this word out of the new symptoms for COVID. He wants everybody to know about this. Let's hear what he has to say about what's going on with the new COVID Omicron uh, Omnicron, Omicron, omicron, Omnicron, whatever way you want to say it. Uh, What's going on with this new variant? He will give us information about other respiratory viruses as well and what we need to do to keep safe. Here he is.
2: Let's look at uh, flu and uh, cold-like illnesses. And as you can see from the graph here, we're seeing large numbers of uh, other respiratory viruses. This is the, the curve in yellow, and they're still going up uh, actually faster than COVID itself. And that might be uh, the, the season and the fact that people are getting together for large parties and gatherings. And all these viruses have had nowhere to spread for in recent months. Uh, now, currently, we know that most uh of the common symptoms of Omicron are exactly the same as you're getting from these other respiratory viruses. Very hard to uh, tell the difference. And the ratio of one to the other is changing. But uh, at the moment, it's because of the high rates of other viruses, it's about a one in five chance of uh, it being due to uh, COVID, which is depending where you are in the country, a mixture of Omicron and Delta. That's still pretty high. So uh, do be aware of that and and do get lateral flow tested. Omicron is set to be the dominant uh, variant by Christmas in the UK and cases could well hit a peak higher than anything we've seen before uh, in the new year. But if the symptoms continue to be mild, uh, this is good news, and I think we might end up seeing a, an equilibrium where this uh, this virus uh, doesn't get eliminated, but it just gets to low manageable levels. Still no reason to be complacent because uh, some people can still get long COVID. It can affect people with other uh, health conditions, uh, etc. and hospitalization is still going to be more likely uh, than with a common cold. Um, the latest advice is to uh, take uh, daily lateral flow tests. Um, and I think this is uh, quite wise if you can get hold of them, particularly just before family gatherings, but also make sure no one else has any cold-like symptoms uh, because uh, that's a really good way of avoiding uh, super spreading events. Uh, I personally don't believe some of these uh, gloomy predictions uh, of uh, over 200,000 case a day and uh, two to 5,000 hospitalizations a day as I think that uh, we're already seeing people's cha- behavior change and that is the biggest factor that actually reduces the number of cases and we've started to see that in London uh, soon. So I think all these models don't take that into account and uh, whereas, so I don't think there is total gloom and doom, uh, but we all have to play our part. And if generally we change our behavior, we can keep this all uh, pretty manageable.
0: Next, we'll hear from Dr. Daniel Griffin. He is an instructor in clinical medicine and an associate research scientist in the Department of Biology and Molecular Biophysics at Columbia University Medical Center. Here is what he has to say about the omicron virus and what we need to know he also has some important stories that he is going to share with us here he is
3: this we have tough times ahead that the numbers are rising Um, And just this week, I got alerted um, from one of our local uh, systems that we have a severe shortage of monoclonal therapy, Um, and at least locally at this one institution, well, it's not just one, but this network of institutions, um, they're no longer offering post-exposure prophylaxis with the monoclonals, um, and they are restricting um, use only to either unvaccinated not fully vaccinated, or individuals not expected to mount an adequate immune response, as defined by the CDC, or age greater than equal to sixty-five. Um, so this is this is tough, right? This is um, you know, I certainly have had patients in the past who have thought like, it's okay if I get COVID, I'm going to go, I'm going to get my monoclonals, um, I've done all the other things. Well, this might not be an option. Um, and you know, I'm hoping at some point, right the majority of cases will be in the vaccinated because we we have clear evidence that a vaccinated person who gets infected is at lower risk you know mm-hmm. from where they started. Um, you know, you take a healthy healthy woman in their 30s, fully vaccinated, we'll figure out what that means at some point. Um, if they get infected, we expect them to do quite well. the college students, right We're talking about 20 year olds healthy, um, you know, we expect them to do very well post vaccination. What we worry most about is um, people who are older, people with comorbidities, even if they're vaccinated, as we've discussed, they still can end up having, having troubles. Well, I have to say, across our country, this is still dominantly Delta, uh, but the CDC breaks down the US into different regions um, with regard to variant tracking. Um, and our region locally here um, is Region Two, and, and this includes New York. New Jersey, and Puerto Rico, and the U.S. Virgin Islands. Um, and, you know, the the data on um, variants is always a little outdated, right? Because the person gets diagnosed, the virus gets sequenced, then we get the news. Mm-hmm. So we have news for the week ending December 11th. Um, so this is old, but we were already over 13% in our local region for Omicron. Um, I'm hearing that we may be up in the 30s uh, the time we get data for the current week we're in. So the, this current trajectory puts um, puts Omicron as the dominant variant, um, well, before the end of January, if not sooner. Um, and with all the travel, we're expecting um, region two to be um, cross-pollinating the, the rest of the country. So we saw with Delta, um, there was a Shorter time from exposure to the time you would transmit to the next person. That's important for us to know clinically. Um, Is it about immune evasion? Um, Is this going to be something we don't see in people who get a third shot, but do see in people who had a prior infection? So the immune evasion question is going to be important for us. Um, Is there a lower inoculum, right? We still talk about this, you know, when we have contact tracing 15 minutes within six feet, we talk about indoors versus outdoors. is five minutes, you know. So we we need to get a sense of that as well. Um, is there a longer transmissibility period? Right, we're still using the same, you know, isolation of the infected for ten days. Um, I think we've talked about before with the vaccinated. I'm not sure we need to be doing that for as long. Um, but then the question comes um, with Omicron: is, is it longer? You know, by the time you get to day eleven, is it fine to send that individual to a Christmas party with you know the elderly parents? Um, But mRNA booster immunizations in vaccinated and convalescent individuals resulted in a significant increase in serum neutralizing activity against Omicron. So that's a little bit of of good news, a little more like um, maybe the boosters are something that is going to help us in this situation. Delays impact the efficacy of monoclonal therapy. So even though we say you have a 10-day window, the first three days is the most effective, the next six days continue to be quite effective. If you get past day six, your efficacy drops in half compared to giving it in those first six days. Um, we are hoping that people who have been infected before are less likely to get um, infected again. And I, But let me share a story got this call earlier today, busy day, um, and this is a woman who um, is a healthcare worker. Um, she was initially infected in March 2020, so right in the early days, had COVID then for the first time, um, but she decides instead of getting vaccinated, she's going to track her antibody levels. Um, she's testing them regularly. They continue to be very high. As my wife asks, who's paying for all those antibody tests? I guess our insurance companies are. Um, so she's feeling good. She's got this high level. She decides not to get vaccinated. She is planning on getting pregnant, but she is going to a um, an OB um, and doing in vitro fertilization. Um, the day before that in vitro fertilization appointment, she isn't feeling well, and she is required to get tested by the OB. And lo and behold, despite her very high antibody levels, um, she ends with uh, with COVID this second time. Um, She goes, she gets monoclonal antibodies. I'm not sure what the indication was, but she does uh, because she's not pregnant at this point. Um, So now 90 days pass, but she's still tracking those high antibody levels. She's now pregnant. Um, She somehow gets an OB to write her an exemption letter um, saying that because she is pregnant, she shouldn't get vaccinated. And now today I get a call because she, again, tested positive for COVID. Um, so I just want to point out, and this is a perfect example, because people, people want to go ahead and they want to draw those serology tests. They want to feel like if those levels stay high, that they're not going to end up getting reinfected or infected post-vaccine. Um, but clearly, as we keep sharing here, we are seeing um, and we are getting this reported in the thousands. Reinfections, re-reinfections, and now even Re, re, reinfection. so fourth infections in less than two years. This looks like this young lady has had her third infection um, in the last two years.
0: Now, that's all I have for you today. Stay tuned to Hypertension Resistant to Treatment, where you'll learn everything you ought to know about hypertension and trending health topics. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you in the next one.